Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by Brian Convery, Director of Early Talent Acquisition, Attraction and Engagement at RBC, based in Toronto. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Brian, firstly, tell us a bit about your career history and just very briefly, your role at RBC. Sure, I'd be delighted to. So my career history has been a bit of a winding path. Uh, It's been one of those careers that has gone from everything from being involved in consumer products and purchasing to HR to consulting and uh, along the way, learning a lot of new things and a lot of new opportunities. And and that's led me to this path to be in the current role I am at RBC, uh, which I'm responsible for uh, early talent acquisition across Canada. Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, you strategically lead RBC's campus recruitment teams in Canada to attract, engage, recruit and mentor top student talent into capital markets, corporate functions, insurance, wealth management and personal and commercial banking at, of course, one of the world's leading financial institutions. What do you love and what are some of the challenges when it comes to attracting top talent and how competitive is it at the moment? Is is there really a war for talent as we keep getting told? <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's a war for talent. And I think probably the, the most um, important thing that we do each day is is actually creating opportunities for for the youth. And when I think about why I love what I do, it's the it's the impact we have, it's the students we meet and the talent we meet. I I can't even describe over the last couple of years the the level of talent and the level of expertise that is coming in with the new students and the fact that they just think differently and come in with that mindset shift of really wanting to impact and make a change. So what I love the most is really just engaging with and meeting students and and hearing their stories and and what they're doing. Um, You've talked to some students, they may have actually been a second-year student at uh, Western, and they're on to their third company that they've developed. I spoke to a young individual the other day who is actually delivering uh, food, uh, vegan food to, uh, to people um, and also attending classes. It just, it just blows my mind every day, the talent and what we see. Um, the challenges that um, attracting top talent, I think it's really not necessarily um, too terribly challenging in that we, we offer so many opportunities as it relates to the bank. I think probably the, the biggest challenge I see is students still understanding what a bank can do, um, getting to understand what's happening in the different industries. A lot of students um, come out of post-secondary and, and maybe or in post-secondary and don't actually have what I would call exposure to that industry knowledge. So what we now doing at a bank is very different than we were doing one, two, five years ago. Uh, we're involved from everything from cybersecurity to, um, uh, you know, working in capital markets on the trading floor. So I think it's just really raising the awareness of what's available in the different industries, what's, what's happening in financial services specifically and for here at RBC, um, and having the students explore it. Uh, be open to having those students come in, uh, spend a summer with us, and explore all the opportunities are here. Once they've done that, uh, their mind and, and what they think about the opportunities has changed um, and, and they're exposed to so many different things and so many ways to leverage their various uh, transferable skills. So these young people that you're, that you're uh, searching for, uh, we at the, the HR Gazette, we, we write a lot about uh, millennials and the, um, 
the misunderstandings between uh, Gen Xers and, and millennials and whatnot, um, and, and also about uh, the differences perhaps between Xenials, that, that micro generation, uh, and, and other millennials who were born in, in the 90s onwards. From your experience, have, have you seen or can you articulate some of those motivations of, of those young folk uh, in, in post-secondary education now who, um, who, who are going to be going into the job markets in, in the next couple of years? What, what, what really floats their boat compared to, say, 10 years ago? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because that mismatch of skills or maybe perceptions or things that students um, may have or even um, folks that are working at various organizations, it's, I don't, I think some of the times when I talk to students, I, you know, they want, you know, meaningful work, um, as do most of us. Um, they want flexibility, uh, which, which we do as well. I think it's just this generation is, is, is better articulating that and sharing their thoughts and um, being open about it. Uh, so I think as we kind of look at that together, it's um, how do we just understand and maybe, you know, break down those walls between different generations to discuss those types of opportunities. And I think, again, it's, you know, not all that different than what you and I may have been looking for when we first started our careers, but it's really about um, things like meaningful work, having the opportunity to have impact, um, seeing results, uh, being asked about their opinions. Uh, along those lines, I think that's really what, what a lot of the students are looking for, and that's what we tried to do when we, we look at opportunities for students to join, whether it's a co-op, an intern, or just a summer opportunity with us. Now, often I, I get an opportunity to uh, interview uh, companies uh, and individuals within the recruitment space, and, and the conversation invariably uh, goes to uh, finding folk based on their past professional experiences that's not the case in you, with you of course you, you, as as the folk that you're hunting down don't have that professional experience yet what else do you search for when trying to find top talent so bill that's a great question and when we search for top talent we're really looking for students and individuals that bring their true authentic self and their experiences to to the job market um what we look for is not just the, the school and the degree, um, but we also look for that full rounded student. Have they been involved in communities? Have they been a part of a student run organization? Um, have they been a uh, captain of a sports team? Uh, so we really look at all the different types of things that they may not have true maybe work experience, but they have life experiences. They have experiences that they've had um, being part of teams and being a part of a school experience. So with that, we, we look for that as part of our top talent search and really trying to identify uh, students that are from various schools, various degrees, various backgrounds, because we pride ourselves here. And I, I look across all the organizations I work with in Canada and, you know, having a diverse group of individuals working together just creates innovation and it creates change. We'll be right back after this message from Florida International University. Looking to get a leg up in your career? Florida International University has 20 years of excellence in online education and most master's degree programs can be completed in 12 to 24 months. Graduates know how to apply human resource strategies to advance corporate needs in the global market. The program is AACSB accredited and a one-year membership to the Society for Human Resource Management is included. To learn more, check out fiuonline.com forward slash HR podcast. 
Olga, you just alluded to something a moment ago, which is about being one's or authentic self. Can you can you explain what that means to you? Absolutely. I think um, one of the most important things is 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 bringing that full self to work, and we pride ourselves on 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 here in my role and with our teams is is all being from different backgrounds and different ways of life. And some of us grew up at the bank, some of us did not. Some of us have had uh, lived in different places, and and some of us have lived in in Toronto or Canada our whole life. So when I think about one authentic self, I really think it's more about um, being who you are and not being afraid to be who you are. And uh, depending on your different backgrounds and your, your experiences, you know, bring those to, bring those to work. Um, a lot of times I will talk to students and, you know, as I said earlier, I'm a door opener, I'm a greeter, I'm trying to help them make that transition from school to work. And when I talk to some international students, sometimes they're, you know, starting off the conversation with, well, um, I don't have a lot of experience in Canada. I've just moved here. I'm like, okay, rewind, go back out and come in and say, I have diversity of thought. I grew up in a different country. I speak three languages. That's the type of thing that I think it's more about being okay with who you are, what your differences are, and sharing those um, with the employers and with future employers as part of your journey. Perfect. Thank you. Now, your role also involves encouraging the importance of being active and involved in diversity groups as a means for professional and professional growth. Uh, Talk to me a bit more about that. Sure. So what we're finding, um, what's very encouraging is there's a lot of schools, uh, sorry, there's a lot of student-run organizations that exist out there. These are groups of students that get together for a common cause or a purpose and actually come together to, to support each other, to be there for conversations, to um, be there to run different events, to raise awareness. So as we partner up with some of these diversity groups that exist um, across campuses, you'll find, you know, women in banking or, you know, the, the Rotman LGBT Letters Club for MBA students, or we'll find, you know, persons with disabilities or indigenous clubs. And so what we find is that the importance of being active in this is that you, you, you learn that um, your, your diversity is valued. You learn that you bring a different mindset to to what's existing today, and for us, you know, partnering up and sponsoring, being part of those conversations is a terrific way to find new recruits. And once they've joined us, uh, we also look, you know, with our employee resource groups to reinforce the support and the conversations and the activities that you may do. So again, it helps just your professional growth to understand that, you know, being different is okay. Being different is actually awesome. And bringing that to employers and to school and to every day in your community um, is just a different way of, um, of encouraging that importance. So um, yeah, so we're really, I really, I really do, uh, really do look to connect with these groups often and and do so um, through various means and really appreciate just the talent and the opportunities to talk to people from different backgrounds. Now, when I was doing my homework on you, Brian, uh, I I noticed that beyond the RBC side of things, you're also the employer representative board member for a Canadian association called the Co-op Education Work Integrated Learning, where you serve as the voice of employers for and within the association uh can you can you tell our listeners a bit about the association what it does and a bit more about your role there sure 
Yeah, I actually just had someone this morning say, when do you sleep? But uh, I, I, I just love what I do. So um, this is another uh, outreach piece of, of my day-to-day -day work, which is super important because Seawell, uh, which is an organization I'm a part of, um, was formerly known as CAFKI, which was the Canadian Association for Cooperative Education for those who may have um, may have heard about it before. If you think of an accredited body, um, we, the board itself and the organization itself is responsible for accrediting uh, co-ops and internship opportunities across Canada. And so as part of that, um, they're, they're the ones that are helping to advise um, organizations and, and other schools and other colleges and universities um, what really what really sits at the crux of a, of a full credited uh, experience for students like a co-op. Um, so they really kind of set the stage, if you will, on, on what, what that should look like. They define it. They work with employers to make sure that when you do hire a co-op student that they do have a job that fits in that landscape, um, meets the criteria, um, including evaluations and on-site visits with students. Um, so it's really an important body that um, comes together and works as part of that overall ecosystem. Um, my role specifically on the board, I've been on the board for a little over two years now, um, is really just being the voice of an employer. So really helping to spend time at board meetings and discussions on you know, what, what we are looking for in a student and what type of skills we're looking for and really typing to drive the conversation so that post-secondary government and employers start to think more about how we come together in that ecosystem to make our students successful. So um, I get a lot of real enjoyment out of it. I've made a lot of friendships uh, with a lot of the folks across the board and across all the schools and universities that are represented from colleges uh, to university. And again, the impact and the, the drive of, um, of the organization itself is terrific. And um, yeah, so it's a little bit about kind of what the organization looks like, my role, and um, something I really enjoy doing. Now, something else that you're going to be doing uh, pretty soon as we record this at the end of March uh, is you're, you're a speaker at the Digital Talent Acquisition Summit produced by the Strategy Institute, a great organization, uh, which is happening April 10th and 11th in, in Toronto. So listeners, please do check out digitaltalentacquisition.com. Your, your session is called Embracing Digital Tools to Engage, Network and Advance the Next Generation. Can you, uh, can you just summarize a bit about that session and some of the learning outcomes? Yes, absolutely. I'm really excited to be there and um, encourage folks if they can join and attend to be there. It looks like a great lineup of speakers and, uh, and a couple of great two days in Toronto. Um, my, my role or my, my sessions about, as you said, embracing digital tools um, and, and networking, um, really, uh, I'm, I'm putting together just a, a conversational piece where we can talk a little bit about one of the areas we see with students as being a struggle, and that's just networking. And I tend to say, to students when I meet them, it's, you know, networking, you know, and mentorship, if you think of mentor as a verb and not a noun, meaning you may have many mentors in your life. Um, and sometimes it's for a reason, a season or a lifetime. 
And as I get into my discussion at this event, which I don't want to lead, lead uh, too much here on the call, so people will actually want to come and see it, but um, I am going to share a little bit about my journey with um, an organization, a FinTech called 10,000coffees.com. Uh, founder is Dave Wilkin. Um, met Dave a few years ago at an event and uh, started talking about this when he first developed the concept. The idea is um, around the idea of um, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell's book about if it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert. Uh, and Dave, Dave's vision has been if it's 10,000 leaders meeting 10,000 students over 10,000 coffees, what would that look like? Um, I think we all like coffee. Uh, maybe sometimes you like tea. Um, but the point is, you know, having a conversation over over a coffee or a tea is very different than having a conversation over a resume with a student. Um, I was an early adopter of the system, so before I came to RBC, I was on it and meeting students from all across Canada in person, online, and through Skype. Um, and, you know, just really opened up the dialogue for me to get to know students more, what they were thinking about, where they were going. Uh, and it's a great way to build relationships and to connect students to to employers. So we now have what we call the RBC Cafe. Um, it's an exclusive opportunity for students when they join us. And it's just been an amazing journey. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit about tips and tricks of how we did that, how you can maybe think about this on different scale. Um, maybe you don't work for a big organization, but you do want to have a similar sort of approach. Um, that's, that's possible too. So I think really it's just about sharing um, some of the outcomes and the learning outcomes um, that we've done through our, our approach. And uh, yeah, I look really forward to sharing some of those stories in my journey and hopefully helping others to connect the dots to really making networking, not just networking, but engaging, engagement with purpose. Okay, we are coming towards the end of this particular interview, Brian. So one last question for you. It's a, it's a hard one, gosh. Uh, <laughs> how, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about the work that you do with RBC? Absolutely. Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, absolutely. Listeners, uh, if you want to reach out, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Brian, Brian K. Convery on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect there. Um, I do do a number of uh, write-ups and blogs and sharing of thoughts there. So that's one place. The other way would be at um, Brian K. Convery on Twitter. And also, you can follow all of our student activities and things that we're doing with our, with our students at RBC for Students on Twitter. So that's at RBC number four students on Twitter. So happy to connect, happy to share uh, some ideas and thoughts and meet you for a coffee. So thanks, Bill. I really appreciated the opportunity to chat with you today. And thank you, Brian. Um, I hope that you and I get to go for a coffee at some point. That would be lovely. And That, that uh, would be great. <laughs> and, and listeners, until next time, as always, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 